Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome everyone to the Story Box. This is the place to be if you're a lover of stories learning new and interesting things, growing abundantly, and if you want to improve your overall life. My name is Jay Phantom, and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Historiabox podcast. My friends, today is going to be a fun conversation. And even if you're not a fan of my next guest music, you will be a fan of her. I have no doubt of that. She has a bright, bubbly personality that is sure to warm your heart. Her story is very inspirational. How she overcame literally rejection from a very big audience to now creating a huge over 3 billion total view uh, base on YouTube alone, plus millions of people follow her now all over the world. That's right, my friends. I'm talking about Lindsay Sterling. She's a multi-platinum selling electronic artist for the violin. She's also a multi-talented entertainer. Lindsay is an artist, a producer, and a songwriter, and she's released her new single, Lose You Now, in the collaboration with uh, songwriter Marco. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to the song yet, go and listen to it after you've uh, listened to my conversation with Lindsay. Don't want you to go away just yet. Now, for those of you that haven't heard any of Lindsay's music or if you don't know who she is as a person, I guarantee you this conversation is going to give you a little bit more of an insight into who she is. But she's known literally all over the world for her unique, futuristic, violin-driven electronic music. Since the release of her 2012 self-titled debut, The Arizona Raised, Lindsay has gone on to rack up tens of millions of followers worldwide and more than 3 billion total views on YouTube, a number that I uh, am jealous of and wish <laughs> I had on my own channel. But Sterling's sophomore album, Shatter Me, was certified gold by the RIAA after debuting at number two on the Billboard's Top 200 and number one on the Dance and Electronic Albums chart and holding the number one spot on the classical albums chart for 21 consecutive weeks. That is no uh, no small achievement uh, to really uh, miss over. 
Her third studio album, Brave Enough, featuring guest appearances from Dan Plache, Christina Perry, the, the lady that uh, sung A Thousand Years, which, to be honest with you, gets stuck in everybody's head. Uh, and now, she also collaborated with many others, but this album earned Sterling her second Billboard Music Award for Top Dance slash Electronic Album. Uh, Lindsay's latest release, her fifth album, Artemis, was released in September of 2019, which is absolutely a great album, and the song Artemis is really powerful. It debuted at number one on Billboard's Dance and Electronic Albums chart and remained on the chart for 15 combined weeks. Artemis has also been turned into a successful comic book series, and additionally, uh, Lindsay co-wrote the New York Times best-selling book, The Only Pirate at the Party, with her sister Brooke. And to top things off, Lindsay was also the runner-up on the 25th season of Dancing with the Stars, and she also appeared on America's Got Talent. She is currently helping families in need through her nonprofit charity outreach program, The Upside Fund. All right, everybody, I won't talk too much more, but I do want to say if you get something from this episode, please, please share it around to your friends and your family. It goes a huge, huge way in spreading messages like Lindsay's all over the place, and I really do appreciate it. If you can and take 30 seconds, uh, leave a short rating and review over on Apple Podcasts once again. Is very, very helpful, and I'll be super appreciative of it. Uh, but anyway, guys, you know what time it is. It is time to do something different because we're not going to dive. We're going to dance into the story box and listen to the incredible, inspiring, and motivational story of the one, the only, Lindsay Sterling. Thanks for having me and thank you for the stellar intro. I feel very fancy right now. <laughs> you should because you are fancy. And <laughs> it's, it's really, really an honor to have you here. Um, I can't speak highly enough of you and, and all your work. The, the sheer emotion that goes into all your music, it's really, really powerful. So I want to give you credit for that where credit is due. Before we dive into your backstory and how this all got started, I have one question I love asking all my guests at the very start, which is what does success look like to you? Ah, uh, man, you know, I feel like that is kind of changed through different phases of my life. I feel like it's always changing. Um, you know, and right now the answer is happiness, you know, like we all chase all these things that we're chasing because we want happiness. And at the end of the day, sometimes you get lost along the way chasing the thing so much that you forget the, the entire intent was to make you happy. Like, you know, people chase after love because they think it will make them happy or fame or success or money. And then somewhere they forget to actually be happy because of the things that they're chasing. But the whole goal in the first place was just to have joy. And so I think, honestly, the truest model of success is just like, is what you're chasing or doing making you happy. Mm, I love that. Two questions coming from that. Firstly, why do you think your, your version of success has changed for you over time? And what are some of the things that make you happy now compared to before? Um, I think it's changed because I, I finally realized that it was just happiness and joy. 
you know? And so it used to be like, I was thinking that the things were what success meant, you know, it was like, what am I focused on right now? That success, um, you know? And then I was like, wow, it's actually just whatever thing it could, that can change, but it's like, is it making me find joy? Um, and then I, sorry, what was the second question? <laughs> So second part towards happiness right now. So what were some of the oh. things that made you happy before compared to some of the yes. things that make you happy now? You know, I'm really just learning um, more and more that it's, it's people, it's connection. It's being connected to the people I love the most. And it's finding ways to connect with even people that I don't know, like those little moments of connections you have, you know, that are even harder to have now at this grocery store, or even like with my fans, when I get these moments to connect with them or my family, I've gotten to spend quite a bit of time more so than like ever before with my family this last year. And, um, you know, it's literally what got me through the year was my family and like just connections with people. Mm, I love that. So speaking about connections with people, who in your life has made the greatest impact, whether it be financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, for you? Oh, man. Uh, maybe it's this one right here. Little, maybe it's my little dog. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's I love her to pieces, but it's not, it's not Luna. Um, it's, uh, oh, there's your dog. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful dog. Australian Shepherd? Australian German Shepherd. Oh, sorry, shepherd. German Shepherd. Yes. Yeah, Beautiful cool. dog. Um, is it so cliche to say my parents? Like, no. you know, no. I, and I think that's, um, you know, I think the greatest thing anyone could ever do is to be a parent. And it's something that I, I know will be, you know, something I really want in my own life. And I know it will be a huge sacrifice someday because like my parents sacrificed so much for us kids, you know, my, and they really inspired us to like go after it and live our dreams and chase the things that we wanted to chase. And they, like, when I said I wanted to be a dancing violinist to like electronic music, my parents didn't sit me down and have the talk of like, okay, well, you know, that's not going to put food on the table, Lindsay. Cause I mean, I, I would be terrified if my child came to me and told me something that outlandish, but instead they were like, well, when's your first show? When can we go? Um, oh, it's that an open mic night. Awesome. You know, like my parents were just so supportive, even though I know it sometimes broke their heart to be so supportive. It was terrifying for them. Um, and uh, I'll forever be grateful because I don't know if I could have done what I've done if I didn't have one or two cheerleaders in my court. What was it like your very first performance? Do you remember it? My very, yes, I do. My very first performance was actually in, um, I did a pageant to raise money for college to try and win some money. And uh, there was, there were several violinists in this pageant and they were all playing classical pieces and we were all about the same skill level. So it was like, oh gosh, you know, it's just going to be down to like what concerto the judges like more, you know, on a given night, you know? And so I thought, well, how could I possibly stand out? So I decided I would play a rock piece and I was going to write it and I was going to like kind of jump around and move while I played it. And this was a entirely new concept for me. I, I was like, will people think this is absolutely ridiculous or will they love it? I don't know, but it was a risk I was willing to take. Sure enough, I went out there with my little like punky outfit and I, you know, jumped around the stage to this really poorly recorded um, rock track that my friends recorded in my basement. And sure enough, 
not only did I end up like winning the thing, but um, I remember on stage after I finished the song, like wondering, you know, I wasn't sure how people were going to react. People were smiling. They were clapping. They were like, this is so interesting. And it was the first time I really fell in love with performing. So I thought I just, I didn't just impress I entertained in a way that felt so true to me, which before that the violin had never felt a hundred percent true to me. It was something I did, but now it was like, Oh my gosh, I just like Lindsayified mm. something I love. And I, I was like, how will I find a way to do this with my life again? The pageant was over, but how can I do this again? That was fun. So speaking about doing it again, what sort of keeps you doing what you're doing now? What keeps that drive and that hunger and that passion alive for you? Um, I think, you know, there's like that twofold thing. You have to do things that suit your audience for sure. And, you know, think about your audience, but also you've got to think about yourself. Like what makes me excited? Um, my last album, for example, Artemis, um, it was my fifth like studio album and so I was like how am I gonna make this so fresh and new you know again for me as a writer going in and um you know one it's finding your muse your inspiration but also I decided I would write a comic book along with this album to like yeah. approach writing from a different perspective I was writing the story of actual characters and as I wrote the comic book I would write the music and I did it in tandem and you know so like I knew I wasn't going to make a mint off selling my comic book. You know, it's a, it was a very niche audience for me. However, it enlivened, is that even a word? I don't know, but it, it just like got me re-excited to write in a different way. And it made making the music videos feel so fresh and new because I was bringing these characters to life. I mean, it just, sometimes it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to like add an element to it. You just have to like, tweak it slightly like change by like one degree what you're doing um and it kind of makes it all fresh again mm. you're very very creative i have to say like your albums are outstanding i've listened to each and every one of them by the way oh Just thank you a, a fun fact there um <laughs> and i'm always curious by people's creative process like music is very personal to a lot of people like they go through certain experiences in life and then they often write about it as an outlet to get it out of their system i don't know if that's happened for you but for me i i used to do it through film through speaking mm. to people like this kind of stuff i used to find a creative outlet so i'm curious what is your creative process you know it honestly has kind of depend album per album because it's kind of like where i'm at and i remember my first album was just like so exciting because it was like just throw everything on the paper that's been like in my mind you know and like I was discovering a brand new style and I was trying really writing for the first time and so it was just kind of like and it's like <laughs> stuck and I I it's funny I didn't even know how albums were made enough to know that most people write and write and write and write they find like the best songs out of like a hundred I wrote 12 songs and I released 12 songs. Like <laughs> it's kind of hilarious to me. And it's just kind of funny that when you don't know how something is supposed to be done, you're almost like brilliantly ignorant in a way that allows. And also I was paying someone for every song before I released them. Like, and so I couldn't afford to do a bad song because I didn't have money and I I'd pay him before we made the song. So it's not like, I could just be like, oh, that song sucked. It was like, oh, this song is awful. 
I have to find a way to make it good because I paid for it, you know, and I was a college student at the time. So um, anyway, so that was the process of the first album. And then it's changed from there. Like um, my album Brave Enough was inspired by loss and digging super deep on like experiences of losing some of the most important people in my life to, you know, to death. And so that was a very cathartic experience, kind of like what you expressed of just like feeling mm -hmm. raw emotion and then going on tour and getting to express it every night and heal in that way. And then, um, you know, Artemis was more inspired by like a concept and like characters and, uh, you know, a story, which, so I, I really do enjoy like, where am I at in life? And I always think about that before I write an album or start a creative process. Like, what do I feel? What do I want to share? Like, what stage am I? Mm. Okay. And it takes a little bit of soul searching to find that stage. And then once I find it, all right, let's either dig deep, let's create like whatever it may be. Artemis, that album, by the way, seems more like it's a fantasy, more like you're in a different world almost, which I honestly appreciate it. But then it kind of brings you back to reality or at the mm. same time, which I think was very powerful. And I love how you did that. Um, I'm curious, though, like with music and everything like that, do you ever worry that you're going to run out of ideas for songs? Absolutely. I do. I mean, maybe some people don't. I do. Like every time I go to write a new album, I'm like, do I have another song in me? Do I have like 13 new songs in me? I don't know. Like, let's hope so. And so far, so good. Um, in, but and I've thought that about like music videos as well. Like, am I going to run out of ideas of how to like dance around and play the violin and new moves and new costumes and new concepts? And, you know, again, it's so far so good. And I think it kind of just comes back to like the courage to sit there and think of bad ideas over and over and over again, or create bad songs and, and realize that that doesn't mean you're at the end of your bucket. It doesn't mean that you've run dry. It just means that you got to persevere through the like creating crap and give yourself permission to create art that you're not proud of until you're able to like find the stuff that you are proud of. Cause at least that's my process. Not, you know, and, and I know no writer writes brilliant stuff every time, you know? So I think it's just being willing to sit through that enough times to find the, like the nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned being proud of your work there for a moment. So I'm, I'm curious about what, what you think is your greatest achievement and why? Oh man, my greatest achievement. Um, huh, that's a really good question. Uh, I think, uh, honestly, my greatest achievement might be um, like some of the early days because that's when it took like so much courage and uh, like so much of just like believing in myself truly. Like, you know, like I didn't have a team around me telling me that I could do it and there to be my backbone. I didn't have fans telling me they loved me. Like I, I literally just had to like buckle up and show up and hope that someone else showed up too to like those first shows. Like, you know, I remember playing like you know, like I said, open mic nights and going to like colleges to play in their cafeterias. And I remember you leave feeling pretty like, well, that was thankless. Like no one was even listening to me, you know, like, or maybe embarrassing, like, <laughs> like whatever those emotions were. Um, I'm pretty darn proud of myself that I got back up every time. And I remember when I did my first ticketed show, I don't think I've ever been as proud in my whole life as I was when I stood up in front of, I think 300 people 
and they and I couldn't believe they all knew my songs like I'd be like this song is called spontaneous me and they were like oh they cheer and I was like they know my song you know I'd only performed in front of people who had no idea who I was before that and so I just remember when that night was over like being like, did that just happen? And I, I you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And I had worked so hard to get there. I don't think anything will be as like much of an accomplishment as that first little show. Mm. And speaking about challenges that you've had to overcome, you overcame a pretty, pretty horrendous challenge, I guess you could say, on a live stage that millions ah. of people would have seen. Um, I guess everyone listening knows what I'm talking about. But going from that challenge, did you think that? your career in music was was going to be over after that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I went on to America's Got Talent and they're on those reality shows, they're very good at kind of like pumping you up. It's reality TV. They got to get that emotion out of these, these characters and, you know, that aren't actors, but you are the characters of a TV show. So, you know, they fill you with a lot of drama and like make or break type scenarios. This is your make or break moment. This could change your life. And so when I went out there for my make or break moment and I walked off like devastated and like, I mean, it was humiliating. Like you, anybody who watches that video is just like, Ooh, it's cringeworthy. You know, the things they said to me and it was bad. And I remember being like, I could never get on a stage again after that. Like, Nope. I mean, I cried for hours after I walked off that stage, literally till I couldn't cry anymore. And, you know, and was like, well, that was okay. We're done. Um, Cause that, up to that point I had been going for a while. I'd been playing these like shows that I was talking about before. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, if this wasn't going to do it for me, then what could. And I remember though, there's like your gut. I am such a big believer in trusting that inner voice, which I refer to as my my instinct and gut, but also God. I think that God um, directs us a ton for anyone that believes in that, you know, or whether you call it the universe, whatever. There is a guiding force that will let you know if something is right and it will pull at your heart. And I could not deny that after that experience, after I paused for a moment and healed a couple months later, I was like, it's not over. I like knew it in my heart. You like, you got to get up on that stage again. You got to go return to the open mic night. You got to keep, you know, figuring it out. And it was, you know, hard to do. So it was painful. It was scary, but, um, gosh, one thing led to the next. It wasn't my next plan that worked or the next one. I remember I went to Vegas and handed out DVDs to like talent agencies. I contacted managers. Like I did all these things. I, I read books on how to make it in the music industry. And finally, I discovered YouTube, which is just ironic because that wasn't even a thing back then. It wasn't like it was barely emerging. So it wasn't it wasn't like a valuable thing yet. And you just never know what's going to be your make or break. You know, you can think, you know, you can go up there and walk right up to it and stare at the face and you think it's your moment. But like, I believe strongly that life is kind, actually, and that it will give you second, third, fourth, fifth chances at things. You've never blown the greatest moment of your life and you never know what that actually is going to be. Mm. You uh, you were persistent in knowing what you actually wanted and you went after it until you got it. So I, I appreciate that. It's very, like I said in the beginning, very inspirational. Very, very inspirational. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, know, I know what it's like firsthand because I'm, I'm in the process of still building this. So I can appreciate being at the ground level, people sort of not really believing in you and 
you got a few people that do believe in you, like yourself, for example, that believed in me enough to, to speak to you today. So all that stuff, like I don't take it for granted. And I don't think you do either. And I love how you mentioned God there for a moment, because I do believe in God. I am a person of, of faith, which I, again, want to get, appreciate even more about you, um, how you're, you're in this space, I guess, the, the music space, and you still hold true to your faith and, and believing in God, which is very admirable. So hold on to that. Um, two more final questions for you, if you don't mind. I could speak to you for ages, I promise you. <laughs> That's no lie. Um, but your, your new song, Lose You Now, what was the, the, uh, the idea behind that? What does it mean to you? Oh, that's a perfect segue coming out of faith because it's a song kind of you know, like rooted in a lot of my faith. And, um, you know, I wrote Guardian, which is kind of the origin of the song Lose You Now. It was an instrumental song that was on my Artemis album. And Guardian was kind of written about guardian angels and about the fact that, like, you know, I believe that I've I've got angels surrounding me all the time. And, you know, I really loved this idea especially after I lost people because I've always believed in angels I've always believed in a you know another side but suddenly I was like oh my gosh I know people over there now and it just made it all seem more not real but like tangible to me and relatable and so I just all the time I ask my guardians for help my angels and you know now it's like who knows who else they are but I know it's my best friend and my dad you know and I ask them for help all the time. And I just like sometimes imagine myself walking through life with these powerful angels surrounding me and helping me and guiding me. And it gives me a lot of comfort to like face challenges, to face decisions, to go into things I'm afraid of. Like I'm walking in with not just my knowledge and my preparation, but like power from the other side. And that gives me a lot of comfort. So, but I couldn't ever put it into words. So that's why Guardian was an instrumental. And then I worked with Mako. He actually um, wrote the lyrics on his own. Like I actually didn't even know he was working on it. And he sent it to me and I just started bawling because he was able to capture in words the sentiment of what loss now means to me. The fact that it's so hard to lose people. I still have days where I go through grief for sure. But it's like I then get to remind myself that like I don't have to lose them, that they're here with me and they're guiding me and they're giving me strength beyond my own whenever I ask for it. Mm. I love the guardian angels thing because I was. it's funny you should mention that because I was having a conversation with someone two days ago about this very thing because uh, I believe the same thing. Like for me, it's my grandfather and my grandmother, like mm -hmm. those two people I like whenever I go through a challenging time, I always drive to the gravesite and oh. just sit there and just look up. And I'm like, I we used to call him Grandy. So Grandy, I need your help. And yeah. he just like I just have this incredible sense of peace. So I really do believe in guardian angels and however you want to put a face to them or not, like that is very powerful. And and your song Lose You Now, I encourage people. It's not just me like trying to sell it. <laughs> this is me like actually saying, listen to the song because it is a beautiful song and it will move you like in many ways. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> so, you. <laughs> um, Lindsay, my final question for you is my all-time favorite question. Uh, I want you to imagine with me, it's a hypothetical one, but just imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. 
your mm. friends have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how they got it all for the sake of argument. We'll call it magic. But being able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday, what do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Oh, that's such a good question. That's a great question to gauge, like how do you want to live, you know? Um, <clears throat> I would hope that there would be so much laughter, you know? I hope that there'll be, yeah, like I, I, I would love to be the kind, you know, <laughs> I am that, you know, I am the person today, but I really hope that through my life, I'm the kind of person that like um, brings joy to people. I hope that um, I always remember to serve, you know, and like I have some friends that just are so good at seeing the needs of other people and instantaneously don't even think about it. They'll like, they'll act on that. And it's something that I am trying to become more of. And so that's what I would want more than anything is people to see laughter and um, kindness. I love that. Lindsay, where can people connect with you, find you? And I don't think it's really hard, <laughs> so to yeah. but where do you want people to go the most? Oh man, go, go visit me at YouTube. That's my favorite place of the internet where I reside, <laughs> uh, my persona. Uh, but again, my name's Lindsay Sterling and um, you, can you can find me anywhere. So I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for your really insightful questions. And uh, the conversation was great. I did mean it that I could speak to you for ages. <laughs> I, had, like, I had so many more questions for you. But Lindsay, thank you so much for the time that you gave me today and for coming on the Storybox podcast. Absolutely. Well, have a good one. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom. And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 